Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Bulldog fans everywhere. We are back with you. Excited to be back with you. We're thankful for all of you listening uh, here on the Maroon Mic. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your co-host, Lounge Dog. And like I said, just thankful for all of you that are listening. Uh, we know that these days it's a little bit harder to get excited uh, for Mississippi State-related athletics podcast stuff like that uh i don't know if you're a if you're the negative type maybe you consume more media during the the, the hard times I, i'm the opposite I, I consume more during the good times you know I, I don't really like to go back and you know steve robertson every monday on his show after a football game he recaps every single drive of the football game i don't have to really go do that right now i don't have to relive that anymore if you know what i mean Some people do like to dwell on it. That's the thing. There's there's many out there that prefer to dwell on the negatives rather than the positives. Uh, and I don't I don't like to dwell on anything really except for national championships. You are allowed to dwell on that uh, until the next national championship. I believe you get a whole year. That's that's just the rules. However. Oh, and egg bowls. You always get a year to dwell on that. However, don't have to necessarily necessarily dwell on regular season games uh, too terribly often. Yeah, don't have to dwell too much uh, on a win or a loss. But, like I said, some of you might be more excited about the negative shows or the positive shows. In either, in either case, speaking of negative or positive, I finally have the argumentative advantage in our hypothetical argument because I will be negative today and Lounge will be positive. And, of course, after the close loss to LSU this weekend, a lot of fans are disappointed, and as are we. But before we get into that, we're just going to kind of talk about, you know, what happened. That was such a bizarre football game, and it feels like I've been saying that over and over again uh, ever since – the COVID season, you know, of course the LSU game was bizarre. The Arkansas game was bizarre. The uh, Kentucky game last year, I, I guess the Vanderbilt game was ugly last year, but it, it made sense. And after that, the game started kind of started to be a little bit what you would expect. But the Louisiana Tech game, the, the Memphis game, and this last game are all just weird. You look on paper and, and it's very, you would definitely predict incorrectly who won the game by looking on paper. In fact, Mississippi State outpassed for LSU uh, LSU in yards 371 to 280 on Saturday. They outrushed LSU 115 to 63. How do you outrush LSU? LSU when we're running the air raid. That's incredible. Absolutely that's incredible. That's more of an indictment on LSU in my opinion. It is, but I mean also for all of you that said Mike Leach can't run the ball or, or needs to run the ball more, well he did. So leave them alone about that. That that has been they put that to bed by rushing for twenty six times for one hundred fifteen yards. That's a good that's a good number too. There's one sack in there, and it was on the hail mary attempt. Mississippi State was twelve for eighteen on third down. That is incredible. That's sixty six sixty seven percent rather. LSU was five for thirteen. We had twenty nine first downs to LSU's fifteen on Saturday. So looking at all those, you're like, man, State won by three touchdowns. State, they killed them. And we lost by three. And I just, I, I just simply don't understand. 
it doesn't make sense to me. It will never make sense to me how we can do so well and just make the mistakes that kill you that when they matter the most. And of course, this time it wasn't the referee's mistake, or but it was it was our mistake. But my goodness, there is just no semblance of hope or positive to pull from this game simply because in all three phases of the game uh you're messing things up and i will get to the we're not to the argument yet but i'm about to go down the list of plays that if you just change the outcome on this one specific play you probably win the game and there's almost a dozen of them You've got a fumble on the first drive when you're moving the ball downfield in chunks on the ground and through the air easily with little to no resistance. On the next drive, you have an interception deep in LSU territory. You throw to double coverage when you had Makai Polk streaking open towards the end zone. You try to loft one to Malik Heath and guy undercuts the route and makes the interception. On your third red zone trip, you have, you have to settle for a field goal, and I won't I'm being nitpicky when I call that a mistake more than so just a lack of execution, but you had your chance there. You're down there about the two-yard line. You have a missed field goal, a chip shot, and of course, if Brandon, Brandon Rees isn't hurt, you probably make that field goal, and then you're looking at a 28-28 ball game. Uh, who knows what happens then? You've got a penalty, and I'm not going to name the kid that did it, even though we all know, but you've got a penalty on a punt that when I say shouldn't happen, I mean this is a fundamental, everybody knows, football rule that you cannot hurdle people if you don't have the ball in your hand. That is the rules. You cannot jump over people. You can't jump over people trying to block. You can't jump over the punt shield. You can't jump over people to block a field goal uh, either. That's also a penalty. So not only that, the penalty applies if you make contact with the player you're jumping over, and the guy that he's trying to hurdle is standing up. He's not like crouched on the ground. He's almost standing straight up, and he tried to jump over. It was, and he was never going to touch that ball anyway. I don't care if he if he cleared him, he was not going to to block that punt. So, of course, on the next play they score a turnover. Or excuse me, they score a touchdown, but. Something I want to say for those of you that have thought about this, and I don't know how many messages he got, but don't message players that do poorly. How badly does that reflect on you? What if somebody that didn't know you, I want you to think about this, your job, think about this, Lounge Dog, what if somebody that you've never met in your life message you about a failure that, that happened at your work that you did? How would What would that do? Would that do anything to solve the problem? No, I mean, if come, I mean, I deal with people all the time. I mean, people like to complain and moan and just, just... Somebody that has no bearing on the work that you did. I mean, let's say you're performing a service for somebody and then come, somebody completely unrelated messages you out of the blue and says, hey, you you messed this up. That, that solves absolutely nothing. And you would never think to do that for any type of employment, any type of job whatsoever. You wouldn't message somebody else's doctor or somebody else's mechanic that hasn't even done anything to you, right? For a failure that they did when you don't know. You have no you have, you have, you don't know that person. You never met that person. You have no bearing on them. And guys, would, the the I mean, personally, I would just tell them to be like I would like to be like take a lab. I'm like I don't see you out here freaking 
rushing a punter or anything. I don't. I mean, they. Ever. Some folks just don't need to be on social media. No. And here's the thing: is I, I use the example of like the work example. Rodney Gross is not being paid. He is not working. He is not an employee. He's a kid who's working every day for free. I know he gets a scholarship. You know what I, I mean? We are all under, understand that. Lots of kids get scholarships. I have a scholarship. I don't pay to go to school here. But for this football team, he is not receiving uh, due compensation or whatever you'd like to say about that. And you got people messaging him. The screenshot he posted it was, this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It was a guy's account that he made for his pet bulldog, who was an Alabama fan. Of course, his profile picture is of a English bulldog, and everybody thinks he's a Mississippi State fan. But the, the reason I use the analogy of he's not even servicing you, like you're messaging somebody that, ha, that has nothing to do with you, he's not even a Mississippi State fan, the guy. And he was messaging Rodney Gross, saying that he, calling him a failure, saying that he's pathetic and that he shouldn't even be on the football team. was pretty much what he said. Again, if somebody you don't know performed a poor service for somebody else that you don't affiliate with, again, he's not a Mississippi State fan, why would you go message that person? What would cause you to do that? Does that make you feel good? Does it make you feel big to to go and message somebody like that? To call them out for something that has nothing to do with you? Well, I would say that is the definition of a loser. My book. I'd have to agree, and I've spent too much time talking about it. But we're going to move on to more of the mistakes you had. Well, positive, good news is it wasn't an actual Mississippi State fan. That is a good. Uh, I mean, good, and I hope it was just him and nobody else. I, I, I'm actually pretty confident there was probably more, just because I know how people are. But oh, yeah. that is a good thing. I, I speaks more about Alabama fans than it does really any anybody. But I don't. I wish it hadn't happened at all. It doesn't give me too much comfort. There's three busted coverages, blown coverages, whatever you want to call them in this game. And those just, you hate for those to happen. You're going to give up the big plays. And we talked about in our keys how you're going to give up big plays, but you want to, you don't want them to beat you more times than not. And I think that was true, but I also said make those big chunk yardages, but not touchdowns. Where are they? Well, they're all touchdowns, all three of them. No, no, we didn't catch anybody on the on the foot race on any, any of those blown coverages. I'd like to point out on the last one where Emmanuel Forbes got hurt, and I hope to, to the good Lord that he's okay because we need him, and I, and I would never want anybody to be injured. But the guy, either the guy catching the football or the other receiver in the area was running the wrong route because that is not – you had too many bodies in one space, and they got really lucky that Emmanuel Forbes and Fred Peters ran into each other right there. Because that was an interception coming until they, they they decked each other. Somebody runs the wrong route, and then they get rewarded for it anyway. That that bugs me. And I imagine it was the guy that didn't catch the ball because I don't think the quarterback would have been looking for that guy uh, unless he threw it to the wrong guy um, or the wrong guy caught it. That has happened before. So they LSU makes a mistake, and Emmanuel Forbes and Mississippi State pays for it with both an injury to him and a touchdown. And, and Fred Peters was shaking up a little bit, too. I mean, they just decked each other. It was terrible. This was all three of the – all. let's see, not three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight and a half-ish. You know, you had some other minor mistakes. Eight mistakes that changed the entire 
face of the game, the, 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 and perhaps the entire outcome. I think it's pretty clear, you know, if you don't jump that punt and on the very next play they don't score, that you could probably win that game. If you don't, if you do jump the punt and then don't score a touchdown immediately, you probably could win that game too. Um, I don't think the busted plays are the biggest deal because you never know if they would have been able to mount a drive there or what would have happened. I don't think too many of them were like on third down or anything. But the 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 stupid the stupid special team stuff, you know, missing the kick, not a hard kick, and I know Nolan McCord's a backup, but not a hard kick. The stupid penalty, the fumble, the interception, when you had a guy open, you threw in a double coverage, looking like KJ Costello over there. Those are things that can that need to be fixed and that are frankly on the players. And I don't, I'm not going to call anybody out specifically, although it's hard to avoid that. With, we know who's committing these mistakes, but I guess I did name Nolan McCord. I shouldn't have said, shouldn't have. I, I regret that already. But there is no. They know that they know that they messed up, and they're going to work to get better. They don't accept that any more than we do. By any mean, by no means whatsoever, are they okay? with those mistakes. And so I know that they're going to do what they can to fix it. I just hope that they can fix it. Good news on mistakes is you didn't have a bunch of offensive line penalties. That was good. The thing is, the mistakes are correctable. They're all correctable, but when they're happening in all phases, I mean, what are you going to do? Tear into their backside at halftime or after the game. Oh, I'm sure they did, but... You got on the we're on the fourth game and we still have mistakes in all phases. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you're gonna do. You got to fix that somehow. Look at the. Oh, by the way, another another stat that we lead in time of possession: thirty-five minutes to 24, 25 minutes. Mississippi State lead led LSU. So really, every single team stat except score and turnovers. The thing is, and this brings up another point. Everybody constantly blaming Leach. I'm like. Sometimes y'all need to hold the players accountable. To he, he can only do he can only do so much out there. I mean, he can't hold the football. He can't tell you not to leap the shield on a punt, or he can't go kick a field goal for you. I, I agree, and and some things are coaching things. I think to an extent. The stupidity to try and jump the punt shield, you could maybe call a coaching mistake. But you're exactly right. Coach isn't missing kicks. Coach isn't throwing interceptions. Okay. Coach isn't uh, letting guys. Oh, I just saw the play. It's got the play right here on the screen where the guys run into each other. Coach isn't letting guys come wide open. He's not even coaching defense. So you do got to put some responsibility on the players, I think, to start. Uh, and not not necessarily deflect blame. I don't want to say that from the coach because there are some things that the coach could have done. One of the mistakes I didn't mention that I wanted to get to later in my argument was, you know, some of the clock management was kind of suspect. But I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. But there there is definitely, I think, less culpability on the coach for this one rather th- uh, than there has been for some of the other losses. Here's the thing. I think there's a, f- a few people who are being honest and who see who and who get, had an open mind when Coach Leach was hired, and actually think that uh, have had their minds changed or just convinced that it's not going to work. Here's the thing about the Twitter: I think the guys that thought Leach wasn't going to work out when he got here have not changed their mind at all, 
and there's not too much reason for them to, but their mind was already made up. And the ones that were excited about Leach probably are less so, but they're still on the side of, you know, let's wait it out or whatever, or, or on the side of he's still a good coach. You know what I mean? But what I'm trying to say is most of these people had their minds made up already. And there's kind of been this weird, I don't want to say like limbo situation because we're not exactly where we expected to be from a wins and loss standpoint. I think we're close. I don't think anybody expected much better than this if you're being realistic, except for a couple of you. Uh, but it's not like he's just gone and completely shattered expectations or fallen well, well, well short of them. So you still got the guys that are divided in one camp or the other, right? One thing that people forget is all these players, especially on offense, are, are sophomores or COVID freshmen. So they had a reduced season last year, okay? They haven't played very many games. They're all getting used to a scheme that most of them weren't recruited to play in, that most of them uh, haven't played in anything like before. We're still a few games in, and we're not just having the just worst of luck Moving the ball, stopping the run, stopping the pass on defense. I think we're all we're doing a lot of those things pretty well. We're just like I said, making mistakes, having some bad luck. We've lost three games by a combined six points, or excuse me, we've lost two games by a combined uh, five points. I don't know how I messed that up. And then you've blown out a ranked team in NC State. So I'm starting to think that once this starts to click, my my thoughts right here are you're, you're a few practices away, a few weeks away, maybe a couple games away from this really starting to click. And then once it does, we'll be a lot more satisfied with the product we see on the field. But the chances of that not happening to me are growing slightly more and more every week. That's where I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I mean, to see where we're at now to where we were last year at any point, is already an improvement. I agree. And to people saying, I saw somebody tweet me or I saw on Twitter saying, this is worse than the Joe Moorhead era. I said, oh, this ain't close. Look, this is a far better improvement. This is so, th- this is undeniable. And if you say anything different, I, I need you to be objective here. This is where people are being unobjective. And this is what is completely not fair. I've heard people say we're no different than last year. That is not true. We had seven interceptions and two points and no offensive points against Kentucky last year, who was not that good. Okay? We got shut out at Alabama. You barely beat Vanderbilt. Look where they're, where they're at right now. They were 0 for last year. They're, gonna, they're at best going to win two games this year. They got beat. They almost got had more points scored on them than they managed yards last weekend, and we beat them by a touchdown. So I'll think about that for a second. We are a lot better than last year. And here's another thing that I'll add, as my boy over here is just really popular today. Another thing I'll add is we're a lot, a lot, a lot better. I think than. A year ago, but I also think we're a lot, a lot better than 2019. I mean, look at those wins of 2019, and they're not. Our record might even be better this year. Or excuse me, in 2019 than this year as it looks right now. I think we'll probably win five, maybe six. 
But look at who we're playing. You you lose your, your non-conference Power 5 game. You win your other three non-conference games. You barely beat Ole Miss, who was not good, who was not able to go to a bowl game uh, that year with Matt Luke and Rich Rod and all those guys. Uh, old John Rice Plummet quarterback. You blow out Arkansas. is really only your big win of the year uh, with Chad Morris, who is awful. And then you, you sort of struggle, but you do beat a somewhat decent uh, Kentucky team, not a very good Kentucky team. You got beat by a Tennessee team that was floundering. You got crushed by Auburn. You got crushed by Alabama. You got beaten really, really bad by LSU. You got beaten on the road at Texas A&M, which – isn't anything to be upset about, I don't think, too bad at that point. But they weren't great that year. So you also had problems on all sides of the ball, defense and offense. You had suspended players. You had discipline problems. Uh, your offensive line was actually statistically way worse in 2019 than it was in 2020 as, in terms of sacks per dropbacks, right, or dropbacks per sack or everywhere you want to express it. So to say that the team isn't getting better is just not true. It's disingenuous and it's unobjective. Okay. Last year, we're getting killed on all these games that we're losing. Uh, I think we lost the, we did have a close loss at, at Georgia and Ole Miss at the end of the year. This year, you're at least moving the ball. The defense looks looks as good or, or close to as good as it was last year. So I don't think it's fair to say that the team isn't getting better, and I don't think it's fair to say that they won't get better. That's, I, that's also not true. I do think it's fair to say that there have been some things left on the field by the coaching staff. There have been some things left on the field by the players and that the results could have been a lot different thus far. And and this is absolutely fair to say. And if, it, if you blame it on the coaches, so I don't care. I don't, but you can. But we are two plays away from being 4-0 and and probably ranked, probably putting a good scare into teams like Ole Miss and Auburn and stuff like that, and we're not. We're simply not. We look like a much worse team than we are, but some of that is much deserved. Would you concur? Um, I think, I think, yeah, we're putting scared. I mean, I'm looking at some of the teams this year. I mean, Auburn looks beatable. Auburn does, and if all, all, the fact that Auburn is still ranked, I think is criminal. I think a lot about the rankings are criminal, and the coaches poll uh, – NC State is not ranked above Clemson. That that doesn't make sense. Uh, Auburn should not be ranked in any poll after I, they they lost. Now, they, now huh? they have a QB controversy. Yeah, they have a QB controversy. They lost to Penn State. They blew out two of the worst teams in football. Okay, but then they <laughs> they decided trouble. to almost lose to Georgia State, and they I was so mad about that pick six because it made it look more, much more respectable than it was. Guys, with a minute left, and with Mark Curl's help, I don't understand how this happened two weeks in a row, but with Mark Curl's help, they, uh, they won that game. But with a minute less than a minute left, they were down four points. like they, they Or five points. Five. They were getting cruising to lose that game. Well, the SEC, Mark Curl, they'll help the bigger name football brands, but they won't help uh, old Mississippi State. No, never. So that's just about insane, I think, and I don't know why Auburn's ranked. But we have shot ourselves in the foot consistently. So we're going to do the positive and negative thing, and I'm going to start, and I'm going to be negative, but 
I've, I've already hit a lot of it. You know, you made a lot of mistakes. Uh, you shot yourself with the foot. The, the main two things that I'm going to talk about, and I'll talk about the first one and let you respond. I'll talk about the second one. Is the first one is that mistakes are being made on all three phases of the game in all quarters. I know we talk about how much better we are in the fourth quarter than in the other quarters or whatever, but you're still making mistakes in all in every quarter, okay, in all parts. And there's no I don't think there's just, oh, we'll just fix those and then you're done. I really don't because the mistakes are being made so frequently, maybe not as frequently uh, in, in the whole season, but so frequently against LSU, the best team you played so far probably. I say that. NC State was, is better than LSU. I should not say that. But they were made a plenty in the Memphis game to where you can't just tell me, oh, well, they'll fix that right up and we'll be fine. I don't. I, you're going you're gonna to have to prove that to me. So what do you do? You think that they have any chance of fixing those sooner rather than later? I think they have a chance to fix it a lot sooner because I mean, you now you realize you literally beat yourself, and then a good usually a good butt chewing, and uh, maybe a few gassers here and there. You you learn pretty quick not to make that mistake again, like. It's the dumb ones, like like I said, jumping the shield. Rogers is going to throw picks because that's a couple of picks because that's how that offense is set up. It's just if it's like if he's taking chances, I want to see him take more chances though downfield. Of course, he did, and we dropped the ball. We dropped the football. But we did have, and I didn't even mention the drops and those mistakes. But you did have some big drops. Harder yeah. to tell exactly, predict exactly how the drops would have worked out for you had they not happened. But yeah. Jaden Wally had a really big drop for about forty yard pass. Again, that comes on the that comes on the players. You gotta focus. You gotta focus on the football. You know you're gonna get hit. You just gotta just determine like, hey, I'm gonna catch this football. And I mean, it's it's all fi- it's it's all fixable, and it's mostly on the players. But hey, I'm gonna catch this football. And I said earlier, I said, coaches can only do so much. They can teach you how to hold the football. They can teach you how to block, teach you how to run. They, it's up to the players. They, they, if, if they got some pride, which I think they do, they'll come out like this weekend and try. I think they play, I think they play a lot cleaner game against A&M. I hope so. Something else that, uh, I noticed in the game, and I got word on this from like my friends that are sitting up high, because I'm sitting not only down low, but I'm not. Uh, my view is not perpendicular to the field. I'm in the I'm in the back part of the the back corner there in the student section, and it's difficult to see on camera too because they're they're following the ball. But he's got, and I did notice this some from where I was sitting as well. But he does have a lot of guys running wide open. He passed downfield. Will Rogers, that is, passed downfield more against LSU than he had against Memphis. Probably less effectively than he did against Memphis because when he did go downfield against Memphis, it was successful. But he missed some guys. He really did miss some guys. And I, I don't know how you're going to fix that. I will understand that he's young. And I understand that that, that will, could probably come in time or does it come soon enough to avoid a really bad season. I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, like I said, you don't know. I mean, like Dak, he progressed after year after year. It didn't. It didn't just didn't flip a switch in the middle of the season. It took an off season or so. 
I mean, but you learn, you learn sometimes, you learn going through a hard times sometimes, like, hey, can I put a ball in here in this little hole? But, uh, it's, uh, I'd like to see him, I mean, maybe it has the more games and reps, he knows where, what his arm's capable of doing, and which he, he'll know when next time, it'll be a, hey, I don't need to, th- I don't need to push this ball right in, in the cover too. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to deflect blame from the coaches, but I don't think that, that there's – I do think that some people have unfair criticism, said that, you know, that we're not improving, that we're not as bad as we were under, under Joe Moorhead. Those things are just not true. Uh, there, there is some culpability with the coaches. And I, I don't like to question game time decisions, um, in-game decisions, because I'm not a coach. I'm not even a player. I think it's, it's irresponsible for us as fans and, player, and non-players and non-coaches to do so. I've got to criticize the clock management a little bit. Running the ball a couple times on that last drive, calling a timeout that you that you could have saved, or if you had just thrown an incomplete pass, rather, or a spike or something like that. Uh, I, I disagree with some of those things. One thing I don't disagree with that I would like to clarify, some people thought that the challenge was dumb. I do not. I, I, I would almost rather them have kicked it deep maybe, but I don't think the challenge was dumb on the onside kick because – some people are like, look, there's no way he's going to win that challenge. You need to save one timeout. You have a few seconds left, whatever. I don't like my chances with no timeouts with the ball at best at our own 20 with 20 to 30 seconds left with LSU giving you the underneath stuff, right? They're going to give you the stuff in the middle of the field that's not going to help you, and that's what real riders probably going to take. I'm okay with challenging if that's your last effort, right? Of course, we all know that he did challenge. He lost the challenge on the onside kick at the end of the game, and LSU could kneel it out. We would have forced them to, to not have to kneel it. They wouldn't have been able to kneel it out if we had one timeout. That's what that's the, the discrepancy here. I don't think, again, best-case scenario, they run the ball three times. You stop them three times. They punt. Best-case scenario, it's a touchback. They maybe, hopefully, they don't pin you deep, and then you have a few seconds to try to get into field goal range. I don't know how much that's go- how that's going to work out for you. Okay, So I don't question that decision too much. And I also think that maybe one of the players said that LSU touched the ball or that the guy, whoever's up top trying to tell him to review it saw something and they made a mistake. But I, I don't question that decision too bad. I do question the clock management a little bit beforehand. And I, 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 that needs to get better. Yeah, um, I I mean, I don't dispute the clock management. I mean, I know they're like late in that fourth quarter. They were doing a hurry up. They were down like fourteen. I was like, they were going a little too slow. They were going still pretty slow, even though they were trying to do a hurry up. It was still too slow. Like it was about what four, three minutes left. Are you talking about us or LSU? Us. Oh, you're being negative now. Don't do that. Well, I mean, you agree with me? Yeah, there. The, the, if you're if we're pointing out deficiencies, I mean, I mean, for the most part, he called a good game. I thought I thought he called a good game. We moved the ball. We don't turn the ball over. We win that game. And if we don't miss kicks, we win that game. And if we don't jump over the punt shield, we win that game. So again, I don't. That, those are all not coaching. You could you could almost argue that the punch shield thing is coaching because he either hasn't been taught or that hasn't been coached out of him. 
But those are all, like you like to say, correctable mistakes. I'd have to agree. Do it once, you shouldn't do it, you shouldn't do it again. Well, once was enough. Once, once was enough to cost you. Um, do you have any any other positive arguments to give? Since I started, you can end. Well, it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, I know everybody's down in the dumps, listen, listening, saying, "Oh, we're no good. Leach is ruining the program." But it's really like you're not far off. Usually, if you're getting beat like a drum, that's when you should worry. It's so it's uh, you, you just gotta learn how to you just gotta learn how to win, and then once you start winning some more, you gain that confidence, kind of like Arkansas did, and boom, you're you, you just everything you're not far off. I mean, this ain't Sylvester Groom or Joe Moorhead getting beat like a drum like 30 points you're right that's another thing I'd like to point out when you lost in 2019 you were losing bad when you lost in 2020 you were losing bad most of the time maybe not to Arkansas but and then uh down the stretch to Ole Miss and Georgia but you lost pretty bad I think you got you really got dominated by Auburn even though the score wasn't that bad you got killed by Kentucky and Alabama and Texas A&M um and Texas A&M not probably played better than you thought but 2019, when we lost, we were getting killed. Uh, Tennessee, that score was only 10 points, but they really made us look bad. Auburn killed us. Alabama killed us. Uh, I, I, if I recall, Texas A&M killed us. I don't even remember that game. I was I was checked out what, by that point. What, 2019? Yes. Yeah, we gave up like over 45 points and got a late score to score like 20. They beat us by like three touchdowns. Yeah, so that we're, 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 we are getting better. There is no doubt about that. Hopefully by the end of the hopefully that the that continues to happen maybe a little bit faster sooner rather than later. You know, next year is a really tough year schedule wise. I don't want it to be next year that we hit our peak. I'd like to hit it going into the next year. You know, win a couple games at the end of the year uh, to f- get ourselves feeling better. One thing I'm going to have to argue on your side here that we haven't we haven't mentioned and we should is that you gave up one sack that was even questionably considered a sack. On the end of the first half, a Hail Mary attempt. And other than that, no sacks. I'm going to even go look at quarterback hits because there wasn't many. Let's look here. There was one quarterback hurry all game and one sack all game and only two tackles for loss against the leading sack team in the country. I think we can definitively say the offensive line is getting better. Oh, yeah. As a unit, yeah, they're getting better. I, that was that was fantastic, and and there wasn't. I don't recall any any bad penalties on the offensive line either. No, I, I think I we had. An, I think we might have had a false start on a receiver. I don't know if we had a false start on an offensive lineman. I'll have to look. I was like, I don't recall one. I knew about a receiver, not about an offensive lineman. Really, really something there. Oh, and I just found another stat we did better than LSU. We punted three times to their five. Fantastic. Fantastic. Which is more. Huh? Which is more kind of aggravating. Yep. Again, every score, every team stat. You just, you, you just got, like I said, 
you gotta know how to you gotta figure out how gotta learn how to win gotta learn how to win last thing we'll do before getting on uh, with y'all we're uh, getting the show's getting long in the tooth gonna go over our picks first our money picks or rather lounge dogs money picks how did those uh, shake out I was two and one again this week who, who did you pick correctly uh, Texas minus eight and a half and they Western they Michigan. they covered that one by like like sixfold. Oh yeah, and then Western Michigan minus two and a half. I think they won by like six or eight or something like that. But we lost out on the Army, Army game over, over. For like seven points. Who did they play? I didn't, know, I didn't know Miami of Ohio couldn't score. Really tough. All right. On our SEC picks, we both picked Georgia correctly against Vanderbilt. That was not difficult to do. Georgia had 62 points. Vanderbilt had 72 yards or 77 yards. That's they had. They had Georgia had six touchdowns to Vanderbilt's four first downs. That's incredible. That's absolutely Lee incredible. Bad. Was it, it had to be more than six touchdowns? Six touchdowns is only 42 points. Did they kick 20? What it would have had to been. Would have had to been eight touchdowns and two field goals to get 62. Without a missed extra point. I can't remember, but it, I saw some stat about it. How many? T- I, how I? I'm just gonna look at some of the stats on that game, just because. Uh, here's an article that says the box the box score doesn't show how badly it will how bad it was. That that's even more scary if that's true. I keep getting articles about it because it was so it was so just crazy. That I can't even get stats. It's just articles. Because that's what's most Googled about it. That's hilarious. Anyway. Uh, I won this one. I picked Boston College. Even though I was high on Missouri to begin the year. They've lost two now. And looked bad in, in a couple of the other wins. So maybe Missouri isn't coming together like we thought. You won out big um, when you picked Arkansas over Texas A&M. Arkansas is legit, and I'm, I would go so far to say as Texas A&M probably isn't. I still think that we're going to struggle against them this weekend, but Arkansas is for real. Uh, we both picked Auburn, and we were both almost wrong, like we said earlier. We both picked Florida, and that was a, a game at half, and a, a game in the first entire first half, I should say, but Florida ran away with it. You picked Kentucky, and I took the, a little bit of a flyer on South Carolina, and I, I, I lost out on that one, so Kentucky did win. Bama just a shattered USM. It was really embarrassing. Uh, but Southern Miss won, though, in the fact that they were paid $1.9 million to play that game. And the score, we are doing good on our scores. I barely beat you, barely. But twenty, I had us LSU winning 28-27, so I only missed it by two points. You had us winning 28-24, so you only missed it by seven points. So we were very close. I almost wish I'd entered a pick em like uh, they have on Twitter and stuff. I would have won something. Um, next week, I will be get to be positive and you get to be negative. So I think you might have the advantage there if I'm spoiling our pick for this weekend. I'd kind of like forever positive and to have a lot of ammo. You're right. No, if I, if I have the most ammo, then we're feeling good. Yes. All right. But with that being said, do you have anything to add? Just keep don't don't give up hope. Don't get down in the dumps. I've said 
This ain't the worst. This ain't the worst stint of bulldog football. We've been through worse. I, We've absolutely yeah. been through worse. I've but, podcasted through worse. <laughs> All right. With that being said, swing your sword and hail state.